On today's show, we're going to talk about the off-ball heroics of UConn's AZ FUD, the many injuries we've seen over the last few weeks in college basketball, and so much more. Lotto's basketball starts now. Ogumba Wallet for the win! You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Welcome. You're Locked On Women's Basketball. My name is Hunter Cruz, and I'm the Saturday host covering the WNBA draft and college basketball at large. Thanks for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen every day. Remember, Locked Women's Basketball is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I'm joined by my co host, Emma Adler. Emma is a beat writer for the Seattle Storm, in addition to their plethora of work at the next. It's, all, it's also worth mentioning that Emma, Joshua, and I will be on watch playback for a live scout this Sunday at 1 p.m. for a matchup between Duke and Toledo. Celeste Taylor of Duke and Quinesha Lockett of Toledo are the two prospects that we have our eyes on in that game. Also feel free to stay around for number one South Carolina against number two Stanford at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Visit www.playback.com to pay your account, to pay your respective streaming services. It's 100% free, and our rooms will be linked in the show description below uh, with additional information. So let's get into the injuries we've seen over the last few weeks. Uh, there's been a lot of them. There's been a lot of them. So at first we have Asia Blackwell from Baylor. Uh, that's probably the most significant of the injuries we've seen. She will be out for a significant time, if not the entire season, with a lower leg injury. Uh, that that happened against uh, SMU earlier this week. We also have Jordan Horston at Tennessee. She uh, got banged up against uh, UMass, and she she's day to day with a left leg injury. So a lot of leg injuries. We also have Diamond Miller. She got hurt in the first game, like the first half of the first game against uh, George Mason with a right knee injury. Uh, she's back now. Uh, appears to be playing well, but that's something that's to the same well. knee, And that is the same knee that she had issues with last year uh, that essentially took her out for a couple months, I believe, and significantly hobbled her for essentially the entire season. She had off-season surgery on that right knee. Yes. Uh, and then as well, we also have uh, not a 2023 prospect, but Caitlin, Caitlin Clark of Iowa, uh, very end of the game against Kansas State. She got injured. Uh, she's day-to-day. With uh, I think I think I believe it's an ankle injury. Is that correct? I think. Yep. It looked like a yeah. It looks like a badly rolled ankle. Could have been worse. Yeah. Uh, having the update on her as being day to day is uh, pretty much a win for everyone. So what do you think is like? Do you think it's just luck that all these prospects are getting injured? Do you think there's like any reason uh, for that? I mean, I think it's a mixture of factors. You know, you're always going to have injuries at the beginning of the season, specifically because you know this is the time where there's the greatest difference. In- physical activity between one period to the next. So we're going from off-season workouts, you haven't played this level of competitive ball months, and you're going right into playing full speed, full time against top opponents. And that's what we see just in the course of these games here with what's happening to them. Um, Also, another issue that was brought to our attention by uh, uh, Missy Hydrick, former player at Kansas State, uh, announcer for the Big 12, um, for the Big 12 Network, and also a lovely contributor at the next, as she has her own pods here. 
um, as she mentioned, you know, there are differences in training programs from school to school. And what you have when you go from one school and you transfer to another one is you have people who are telling you to build up your body and train it in different ways. And, you know, these things have to be done gradually. You have to acquiesce to these or you have to you know, get used to them gradually. Otherwise, you can see a lot of stress being placed on muscles in ways that they're not used to being stressed in these physical trainings. So you have to be very careful with these. And so there's a lot of different factors that go into it. Yeah, especially with her usage role uh, at Iowa, there's just so much going into that and making sure she's healthy for the rest of the season. So let's get into the games yeah. of the week. We'll start with uh, Tennessee, Indiana. Like I said, we did not get to see uh, Jordan Horson in this game due to her injury, but we did see some standouts from um, Rakia Jackson. She had 17 points, six rebounds, four assists, and two stocks in this game. Hit a couple threes as well, which is kind of big for her development, just uh, kind of expanding that offensive game as well. Uh, Grace Berger uh, does a bit of everything. She had 13 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists on 6 of 11 from the field. Uh, another person that struggled for Indiana, but she also like uh, had her flashes, was Sarah Scalia. She had 16 points, 4 rebounds, uh, 2 of 9 for 3, which is like uncharacteristic from her. Uh, some finishing struggles as well. I know M didn't actually get to see this game, but... I did not. ESPN, very wonderful with the ESPN Plus when they have things on demand when you don't see them, and somehow this one wasn't. It's yeah, some of them just some of them just just don't show up after a while. It's like, nope. yeah. So. so unfortunately, I was robbed of what seemed to be a great game. Yeah, very highly contested. I know we had, I know the Atlanta Dreams uh, assistant GM was in attendance. Uh, mm-hmm. There was another rep. I forgot who it was from. Yeah, I mean, you're going to be seeing scouts just yeah. make it to all of these yeah. like high profile games across the country. If you're a if you're a reporter, if you're a fan, and you happen to see one at the game, you know, see if you can and you want, and you just want to like talk draft. You, I have found the scouts are often very happy to talk if you know what you're talking about and you just like make conversation. That's one of the best ways to frankly build up you know your knowledge of the game and of the landscape in terms of the talent and what you're seeing, what you're not seeing, what you can find on film and what you know scouts are looking for that you haven't thought about before it's yeah. really interesting and i think that's one of the things that you look at in this game when you see so many different stat lines when you're looking at like mackenzie holmes i i've seen her three-point shot this year she's doing it more than she has before something she was working on in the past the form's a little weird but look she's taking them and she starts making them that could make her into a real prospect for yeah. jackson i mean we, we've seen her shooting threes before and this at the state but to come out and go two or three from three like she did, it's tantalizing. At the yeah, very we least. talked about we, yeah we talked about it last week with Rakia Jackson and her potential fit with Atlanta because that's like in the cards uh, between her and Diamond Miller are probably the two biggest like players for that pick. But I think just kind of her shooting ability, if that can continue to expand uh, to where teams are going to continually draw closeouts or continue like bring closeouts on her, uh, helps her downhill slashing ability, which she actually did flash in this game. I saw a lot of that. Uh, her it was just her, her downhill play, uh, play finishing and stuff like that. Uh, it was like she had like four assists to like uh, five turnovers, but we've seen it with Tennessee this year. They turn over the basketball a lot. So I'm not sure if it's team-based, player-based, both. It's, it's just a lot to get. Uh, and do you want to move over to uh, – I'm just going to say you got to – yeah, you're going to have to take some – more than a couple grains of salt when it comes to 
Jordan Arsenal and Kia Jackson's turnover totals this year, you, it's a little hard to have more assists than turnovers when you are tasked with a lot of creation because you don't have any real lead guards and all your spacing is in the form of everyone clogging the paint. It's a little hard to throw through defenders or pass them. Yeah. And they're all right around you. So coming up shortly, we'll dive into some standout games from this week, including a highly anticipated top five matchup between UConn and Texas. First, let me tell you guys about Masterclass. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds, anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn how to play tennis from Serena Williams, improve your shooting skills from four-time NBA champion Steph Curry, or learn the fundamentals of leading championships from Gina or Oriyama. With over 180 classes from a range of world-class instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. Masterclass is accessible on your phone, web, or smart TV, offering classes on a wide variety of topics, all taught by world-class instructors at the top of their fields. Each class is broken down into individual lessons, usually around 10 minutes long. I highly recommend you check it out. This holiday, give uh, we give you one annual uh, membership and you get one free. Go to masterclass.com slash locked on today. That's masterclass.com slash locked on. Terms apply. Thanks for making Locked On Basketball your first listen every day. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter most, the biggest stories, uh, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, let's go into UConn, Texas. Uh, Highly contested. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, this was highly contested coming in. Of course, this is the number three versus the number five. I mean, anytime you have a top five matchup and it's coming on what the third or fourth day of the regular season, it's going to be good. It's going to be a good game. And the first half was the first half was excellent. It was super close. Teams went into halftime. I want to say separated by only a point or two. And then UConn sort of pulled away in the third quarter. Texas got into foul trouble. Uh, really throughout the entire game. And it sort of just came to a head in the third quarter. They had to make a whole lot of subs. They were playing players that are not ideally going to be featured heavily in their rotation this year. And UConn just sort of pulled away. They were up, I think, like 18 in like two minutes to go in the third quarter or something. Texas made it a little bit closer in the fourth, but it was a little hard to overcome that run. There's a, I mean, there's a lot of prospects in this game. We talked about this uh, to each other before, but you know, there's Shirley Gonzalez, who we've talked about. There are players on uh, UConn and Texas who we're both looking for. The future Taylor Jones in this class could be an interesting post. But, I mean, the player who stood out the most, 32 points from Azzy Fudd from UConn. I mean, the off-ball guard was just lighting it up. She had 16 points coming into the fourth quarter, and I thought that was impressive as it was. And then she doubled her scoring in the fourth quarter. I believe she didn't miss an entire shot in that period. 16 points. And... I mean, just the the ways that she manipulates the game off the ball with her gravity and her movement, like her acumen for moving without the ball is unbelievable. This is stuff that it's hard to teach to, you know, seniors or to players in the professional leagues. And she is just, she knows exactly where to lift, exactly where to sit to, and exactly how to cut. And I'll uh, hand it over to you to talk about her, her uh, jumper specifically. Yeah. The jumper is super impressive because... Uh, I've seen this comparison used before where it's Eric Gordon. She has like absolutely no dip in her jump shot. Like absolutely no. It's so fluid and compact to where she'll catch it. No no dip, no drop, fire right away. So it's like that kind of stuff where it's like quick releases, uh, quick fire ability. That makes her such a special shooter. 
And like we've also seen her expand her game without uh, having Paige Beckers. She's also had a lot of on ball reps. Uh, in this game, there was a couple like in the first half specifically. She had a couple of nice pull up middies that were uh, fun fun to see from her as well. So I think what kind of makes her special as well is just uh, her lower body strength as well. I think she has some potential to be a really good driver. Uh, a lot of versatility with her game, and she's only a sophomore, which is crazy because. Uh, I want to propose a question about where would you draft her if she was in this class? Uh, like for me, I would I would say she's probably number two. Mate. Okay, it's between two and three. I think it's obviously Aaliyah Boston at one. But like, I think it's for like, sure. Yeah. The thing about her, and before I say that, I'll say on the Eric Gordon comp, because that's because that's fun in terms of the shooting motion. The thing about Eric Gordon is, of course, like the thing is he can take a, he could take a lot of threes and hit them efficiently enough that he's not like the biggest floor spacer. But the thing with her is she's taken, I think on the on the on the order of like seventy shots from outside twenty five feet. She's hit them at like fifty six percent in like that's freshman year plus two two or three games this year. That's, that's unbelievable, man. We're talking about a player who I want to say is going to turn twenty sometime soon. She's still in her teenage years, and she is hitting these numbers from like twenty six twenty seven feet with just the lightning quick release. And I mean her pull up is like. One dribble, two dribble, spot up, move into the pull-up. It's, this is a player who could, who I think is the best off-ball player in the entire country right now. And I would not be shocked if, you know, if, you know, were this the men's NBA and you could get drafted immediately out of, uh, after a year of college, I would not be shocked if she was the best, like, off-ball player in the pro leagues within a, within a couple of years. So yeah. given that, given the fact that shooting is real, for sure, there's no doubt that that shot's true. Oh, yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah. I might put... Two or three is where I'd go here. I mean, it's hard to project. It depends defense. on the team, I think. I think it depends on the team. Yeah, it depends on the team. I think it also depends a little bit on what you project in terms of her defense. I mean, we haven't seen a whole lot of it just because UConn plays pretty well. They usually help out their guards with bigs pretty decently. And, I mean, Hazzy was usually the like fourth or fifth most important defender in terms of who she was covering last year. But, I mean, look, I'm, look, I'm being a dork. I mean, a dork. I'm talking about Azzy Fudd's defense here. She's, I, she'd probably go number two in this class. It's unbelievable what she can do. Yeah, of course. And going back to the Eric Gordon comp, comp Eric Gordon is like a microwave score. Like, in his younger days, he was like an, an elite athlete. Uh, but the scoring ability is nothing compared to what you see with Azzy Fudd. Um, I mean, like, the efficiency is crazy. Like, we're going we're gonna to keep harsh on this throughout the season, but her efficiency is nuts. Uh, her usage rates, like... Continuing to go, can continue to go up as she gets more um, involvement in the offense and more comfortability uh, uh, with this team. I think she's she's the best part of this team, uh, undoubtedly, uh, and one of the one of the best prospects, regardless of class, in the country. So, and the thing about her usage is like the usage rate is up, but that's just all finishing shots. The like, and it's not it's not having to pound the rock into the ground and just. Oh, yeah, she's not a ball stopper 15, at all. 20 seconds of the clock. She touches the ball for like four or five seconds at most at a time. Like you can just she, – she moves so well within a team offense without having to touch the ball. I mean, it's it sucks that we're robbed of time with her and Paige Beckers playing together. But, I mean, the amount of on-ball reps she's getting this year, it's if Paige is able to recover well next year, God, that's going to be a lethal combination. Yeah, that quick decision-making is like unreal for her age uh, and – her position as well, because like, contrary to someone like Zaya Cook, uh, it's it's night and day. Like just like the just the processing is like crazy different. Uh, 
Zaya Cook just over here catching strings. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I like Zaya. I like Zaya Cook. I like Zaya Cook. I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of speaking speaking of guards with uh with uh concerns about shooting, like Zaya Cook, we have on the other side of the Shaylee Gonzalez. You know, I've made it known what I think about her before. I liked her floor game in this one. I thought it was pretty impressive within the flow of Texas offense. I remained relatively impressed with her ability as a help defender. And I think there's a real, I, I, I think she's very much in the sort of like upper mid to upper tier of guard defenders. But oh, man, she could not get the ball past like, past like 35 feet out. She was just hounded all game by Nika Mule in this one. The ball pressure that she was unable to get by up top was—I don't know if that's a Nika, it's if that's more a Nika Mule thing or more a Shaylee Gonzalez thing because Nika Mule is an excellent, excellent guard defender for UConn. But oh man, that's uh, that's real concerning. Yeah, that was my number one note. Uh, she just struggled to get by anybody. Like that first step, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's she she got walled off a couple times and like she had I had yeah she had six assists, uh, five turnovers, six points. And two of eight from the field, so really rough game from her. Uh, I mean, I'm still, I, I'm, I think we're still high on her game, like where she can get. But it's a, it's a rough early season performance uh, for sure. Yeah, and it's been a while. I mean, at BYU, your schedule is what it is. Like Gonzaga's a really good team to play. You play them at least twice a year, and they, you know, they have some interesting matchups in the NCAA tournament. They don't, but BYU doesn't schedule a pretty good non-con most of the time outside of like home and homes with Oklahoma. So. You know, she didn't play against guard defenders, like good guard defenders there. So this was an unknown coming in. It's a concerning sign, but, you know, there's – so, you know, as scouts, we're looking to see, okay, what is she going to do against people who maybe aren't Nika Mule but are still good guard defenders when you get to – you know, Big 12 play isn't the headiest in terms to – when it comes to, like, point of attack defense. But when it comes to some of these non-conference matchups that might be coming up for Texas State – do tend to schedule big ones. I want to say they played Stanford this year, and that's going to be a huge tough one for her. So we're going to look at not only how does she do against people who maybe are like 70th percentile guard defender instead of 90th, and also in the event that maybe she still struggles with that, or even given the struggles, we're trying to see, okay, when Rory Harmon, Texas's probably true point guard, comes back, Shelly Gonzalez is going to go a little more off the ball. How does she function as a secondary ball handler? That's, you know, a huge thing that we're looking for here because that's a role that, you know, you can fit into with her level of uh, defense. It affords her the ability to move a little bit down on the usage rate on offense. So we want to see how that'll go. Yeah. So, and they actually might play Gonzaga. She actually might play Gonzaga again, like a week from now Ooh. around there. So, uh it's a different, it's a definitely a different situation, and it's obviously gonna have an adjustment from uh, playing in the WCC. Uh, yeah. So after the break, we'll wrap up our notable prospect games of the week in our first, in our first prospect of the week award. Uh, we might actually have two this week, just because there's a couple fun performances to talk about uh, to close this episode. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting this season. Find all of your latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcast, in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. The fastest and easiest way to check out all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay. So, so uh, quickly, I'm going to just go through this one game. Uh, a couple days ago, it was Duke against Texas A&M. Uh, 
the main the main standout in this game was Celeste Taylor. She had 14 points, 10 rebounds, two steals, on five of 16 from the field. Uh, I know I know you were in attendance for this game. What did you think from uh? I was. Yeah. So first off, I'll say Duke won by I think it was 19 or 21 points. They were up. They were up like 25, 26 points after three quarters, and then they put in mostly bench players for the fourth quarter. And Kara Lawson came into the that's Duke's head coach came into the post game press conference, and she starts it off by by basically going, "I just can't get that fourth quarter out of my head. We lost the fourth quarter." She's like. And she was like, play three really good quarters, but in the ACC, you got to put together four good quarters. And all of us in the media room were just looking at each other like, they were up 26 and then put in the bench. What are we talking about here? So that is all to say. Duke's pretty good and has a, uh, I guess, a pretty driven coach. Celeste Taylor, to me, has looked more or less how she has looked before. I was hoping for a little more, like, obvious development here in terms of the quality of the finishing, maybe, or in terms of the frequency of the jump shot. So those are a little concerning, or I should say the long-term shot. She's still real good from the mid-range, although you know, you're hoping for a little bump in efficiency as the season goes along. She made Duke's first three of the game uh, at basically the seven-minute mark of the third quarter. I want to say she was one for one or one for two from three. This is not a particularly strong shooting team, but also they were killing AM on the interior, so she didn't need to do that as much. You know, she had some issues finishing in transition where she was trying to like, you know, stretch out around. A defender instead of maybe taking what could have been a uh, couple free throws. We'll see how that develops as the season goes along. I'd say mostly her her defense has been you know excellent as as we thought it was before. You know, just hoping for a little more uh, on the jump jumper and a little more finishing this year. Yeah, and someone else that stood out for this game, not a prospect for this year, but Janaya Barker, I think that's her name. Uh, she had thirteen mm-hmm. points, five rebounds, oh uh, four of eight from the field. Didn't she get hurt? Didn't she get hurt in this game? Uh, so she, it looked to me like she might have re-aggravated her, uh, what was a right ankle sprain from a week or two ago. The post-game press conference, A&M's head coach, Jeremy Taylor, said, eh, the, the injury was just, you know, maybe she had to, like, ice it a little more than she, than she had, but she said that a couple weeks ago. But, oh, man, oh, my God. Janiah, so Janiah Baker, if, you, if you're doing your composite rankings for prospects, she's the number two prospect in the country coming into this year. Duke was one of her five finalists. She narrowed, she narrowed it down to three, and then ended up choosing. Uh, she ended up choosing Georgia, but she followed Joni Taylor from Georgia to A and M. And oh my God, just she she was hitting contested threes. She's hitting contested pull up mid rangers. Her defensive length, she plays with really well. Her athleticism at six three with her wingspan is truly unbelievable. And <laughs> I, mean, I just have to laugh. I mean, there's just so much talent there. And there's, I mean, again, it's a 6'3 player with that length who can just hit, like, contested threes. This is, it's unbelievable. Yeah, she hit one against, uh, it, was, it was above the break, it was against Celeste Taylor. It was like, uh, just, 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 and that's one of the best guard defenders in the country. A freshman in, like, one of her, that was probably her first big match with the, of her college career so far. I mean, it's, it's nuts stuff. Okay. So let's let's stay in the, let's, this is supposed to be a very good freshman class. Um, you know, it's we're only like three games into the season, so there's not that much opportunity. Uh, was, I meant to mention this before. Ayanna Patterson at UConn in the Texas game, she flashed a hell of a lot of potential. Grace Van Sluten at Oregon, the, the things she's able to do off the dribble right now are freaking ridiculous. There's going to be a lot more talent that's going to emerge from this class, and it's going to be a good one. 
Should we stay in the ACC and go to uh, your prospect of the week at Notre Dame? I'm a big fan of the ACC. What can I say? So I, I literally just tweeted about this this morning. My prospect of the week has to be Olivia Miles. She had, I want to say, like 26 points on 61% true shooting against Northwestern this week. Northwestern, not the best team in the world, um, but, you know, not the worst yeah. team either. They, I mean, they got destroyed they, by Oregon. Did they get, like, beat? Like yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I talked to some people around Division One women's basketball, and uh, they were about as shocked as I was that Northwestern, a team that just barely missed the tournament last year, they did lose their best player to the draft, but they barely missed the tournament. They have some they have decent talent. They have some top prospects from a couple years ago, and they uh, got essentially got doubled up what uh, about a hundred to fifty. You season. usually see those scores against Hardly. like a high major team and like a low major team, but that was like two high major opponents, and it's like. Yeah, Oregon was like trying to bring in like a decent competition to open the year. They weren't trying yeah. to, you know, do the thing where you bring in like a high D two or a team that just jumped D one, and they That's still so finished like hundred to fifty. It's that unbelievable. Is so it was it was unbelievable. But anyway, anyway, let's get to um, Olivia Miles. <laughs> yes, so it was a little bit of a closer game this time for North Northwestern. They only lost by around thirty five or forty, despite having two of their best players and starters ejected in like the middle of the second quarter. Uh, because essentially they left the bench during the team rotation. Olivia Miles also got ejected in this game in the late third quarter, I think. But uh, that was because she was she was shit talking. She got ejected for essentially just jawing at uh, a Northwestern defender after she, after she got fouled on inbounds. And let me tell you, it was hilarious. She was. They showed a replay where you can basically see Miles saying, "If you got you got something to say, say it to my face." And uh, she somehow got ejected for that, which stopped her day at around you know like low twenties points. She had I think four assists, four steals. And look, that doesn't tell the whole story of the four assists because, I mean, in the clip I tweeted out this morning, there were some ones where she had a hockey assist and it was the, the velocity she's getting on these things is unbelievable. She's off the dribble. She's off the dribble. She's picking up the ball with one hand at her hip and whipping it across her body to the opposite corner, right on a line. It's... The, I. She is genuinely, like, easily the best passer in Division one. Like, I don't understand how she's doing what she's doing as, like, kind of a sophomore. She's she, she's going into her, she's currently in her fourth semester. So, kind of a sophomore, kind of a junior. I'm interested to know what she plans to do in terms of decoration for the draft. She could go in two years or, in, or next year. That'd be so fun. Really interesting. That'll be super interesting. If she goes Especially. next year, that... If she goes next year, that's the greatest. That's easily the greatest lottery we've ever had in this. In this we also season. have Blackwell as well. She might come back as well. Uh, we didn't mention that yeah, earlier because she's she could be out for the season with that. Yeah, injury. yeah. Um, I mean, Miles like she's developing as a defender. She's not. She's not that off the ball. She kind of knows where to go for help assignments. She's developing her ability to keep her feet and hips in front on defense. She's got great hands. She's obviously a plus plus rebounder. She's getting all these triple doubles for a reason. I and I think the jumper is going to fall soon. And if the jumper falls soon, this is insane. She has a ridiculous crossover. She, her, her burst has looked pretty good off the line. Uh, not off the line, sorry. That's a football term. <laughs> At the point of attack. It's a concern I had last year was beating people in isolation. And she has a killer crossover right now. Her burst looked really good against Northwestern. And she's an unbelievable finisher. She draws fouls. If the jumper falls, I mean, she, then she's hitting threes off the catch. And she's she had a, she had like a, she had like a Harden-esque step back free in this game. She didn't hit it, but it basically went in and out. This is the kind of game, I said it somewhere, this is the kind of game where you look at it and you say, oh, yeah, I see how that's the best player in the world in a couple of years. 
Okay. So, what did you think of Kylie Watson? I know she's uh, also at Notre Dame. Did you think? What did you see from her? Uh, she, she was at Oregon so, last year. Yeah. So, like from a college perspective, I like her a lot. Uh, you know, uh, Notre Dame had a center last year whose name unfortunately escapes me. She had transferred Maya Dodson. She transferred him from uh, from Stanford. She ended up going to the Mercury in the third round, mostly because they needed uh, centers training camp bodies. Um, she was at, she was, she was at Notre Dame. So, yeah, she transferred to Notre Dame from, oh, yeah, yeah. and then she was drafted by Phoenix. Yeah, she was very good. She was a very good college center, and fills gaps. And that's why that's how I feel about Kylie Watson. You know, she's not. She doesn't have quite the same length defensively. She's not quite as good against this against like guards. You know, hedging in space against the pick and roll. You know, but she has the athleticism. The footwork's quite there. She's good at like sticking in front of people. She can test shots, and. On offense, you know, she can take mismatches off the dribble or, like, slower centers. She's solid on the pick and roll right now. Do I like her as a prospect? At this rate, given her development since she got to Notre Dame, probably worth a training camp invite. Um, I can't say that I'm, I can't say that I'm, you know, anticipating too much in the future, but just a, just a really solid, really good, actually, uh, collegiate big. Notre Dame just has an unbelievable roster this year. Yeah, so now I'll, I'll give it to my player of the week. I have uh, M's beloved, beloved Hannah Jump at Stanford. Uh, just talking about this last performance, she had twenty-four points on all of her shots are threes. This is this is her shot profile. It's all threes, no rim, no mid-range, only threes. Eight for fifteen from three. Uh, and Joshua can't be here today, but he, he had a stat that he posted on Twitter. Uh, Jump is one of seven players since 2009-2010, which if you aren't aware, that's the Herhoof Stats era. Uh, it doesn't go before that, so that's what our data, data sample is. She is the one of seven players to take 15 three-point attempts on 50% shoot, 50% shooting without a two-point attempt or free throw attempt. So it's like it's like it's 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 crazy. I don't know like if we've seen a player like this recently where it's all threes and uh, I'm, I'm in one of the last one of the uh, prior games I, I was watching. I watched the first half because it was like a blowout. She 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 made a layup and like I was like I was it was crazy to me. But I was like, yeah, she made a layup and the craft <laughs> the craft is good. Like the craft is good, but like the temps are so few and uh, far between. Uh, yeah, you, you don't need her to. Yeah, you don't need Maybe her you to. You ask her for layups if you needed her to, but you don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean. She's shooting above fifty percent from three. I mean, that's that's a quality uh, uh, place to go to get points. Have you seen any yeah, of her games I mean, from this? Oh boy, have I! I mean, based on the box score that I'm seeing from, and I and I did watch a little bit of this game. Um, I saw the highlights, of course. Based on you know the the shot distance chart I'm seeing from CBB Analytics. Shout out to Nick, love him. It's the it's the it's I'm sorry, the best college stats site for men's or women's basketball that exists by far. Based on what I'm seeing from that and based on the stat line, I, I at least at least half her threes came from outside 25 feet. I mean, I've talked about this before. Her range is absurd. Come on. She's she's getting more attempts than before. You know, Josh had a concern about, you know, somewhat limited volume and somewhat limited minutes, which is fair. You know, Stanford ran the they're on the rotation they ran before. They often were subject to a little criticism for maybe overplaying. Anna Wilson or uh, Lacey Hall when they really needed some shooting and scoring, but 
they don't they don't have too many options at guard this year, and Hannah Jump is benefiting, and we are too. We are too. She only played twenty three minutes too. I didn't I didn't even uh, uh, mention that twenty three minutes against Cal Poly. Uh, twenty four points in twenty three minutes is like insane efficiency. Uh, and the, I I want to see what she does tomorrow against uh South Carolina. Uh, because like oh, she could go nuclear. She could go nuclear and quick. So it's gonna be something to she watch, could- of course. That's and that's gonna be a big test for. She's probably gonna be covered by Zaya Cook in that game because Zaya Cook they usually they usually yeah, have chasing someone around the three point line. So you got you got our best shooting prospect and someone who we uh, we need to see something defensively from. Yeah, but Zaya Cook, like, how many inches does uh, Hannah Jump have on her? Like four or five? Hannah Jump is listed. I want to say it's six foot flat. Zaya Cook's listed at five. Nine. Seven, I, is it five seven? She's listed. I actually don't. It might be five nine, but she's probably closer to five eight. You can never trust the. Yeah, she. Yeah, and I think I've been told that Hannah jumps six uh, zero is a it's, it's a pretty low six zero. She's looking at like three inches probably. Oh, yeah, so her jumper's so quick though. So we'll see how yeah, much. Of yeah, we'll see if the, yeah we'll see if the jumper erases or like exacerbates that. Yeah. So. Uh, but thank you guys for listening uh, to, and making Lots of Ones basketball your first listen. Figure out next listen, check out Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.